Blog Talk Radio. The beat goes on. The beat goes on. Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain. La da 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 dee. La da 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 da. Charleston was once the rage of
Gillis. We got a new Siri, and she's she's uh, wanting to get in on the game. Maybe I'll let her do the show next time. Anyways, um, what I'm getting at is as much as all the talk and the billboards and the uh, the, the scuttlebutt, the, the events. The industry, the products, the the companies, the dispensaries, um, you name it, the doctor studies, as much as all of that is happening, we're still in the middle of prohibition. And there's still people getting locked up, there's still people in prison, there's still cases being done um, in L.A. As we're sitting here about ready to begin permanent licensing, the L.A. court has got a whole section set to prosecute cannabis businesses. Um... The district attorneys have just received additional funding for um, intoxicated drivers, cannabis intoxicated drivers. And our adversaries are gearing up to keep pounding us in spite of what we think. And we voted for a law in California that is so restrictive and so um, we'll just keep it at that so restrictive that only the very rich can participate in this project and most of the people that are trying to do business in this in this arena are are frustrated and unable to participate. If you don't have a million dollar investor, give it up. You're not going to even be able to participate. Um, there may be a handful of people in a handful of places that are, that are able to to squeak by because of people they knew or or being in a place where they have a friendly climate without a lot of competition, but generally speaking, what we've done is adopted a law that is oppressive, tyrannical, and in no way um, does it even come close to ending prohibition, and again, it opens up doors that were never opened before. Now there's whole whole, whole divisions of law enforcement looking for cannabis-impaired drivers, but they don't have a way to prove that it's you're impaired. They don't have a way to um, prove that. Yeah, they don't have a way to 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 verify that you're impaired. It's not even about proving; it's verifying it. It's just, hey, if you're impaired, I don't care how you're impaired. You probably shouldn't be driving. But if you're not impaired, if you're using cannabis in a way that uh, leaves you whole, which many people are able to do, um, how is it anybody's business? 
So I'm a little frustrated about that because um, we still got people locked up. We still got people getting locked up, and we're about to have a giant wave of more people being decimated from this. And the problem is, in my opinion, the people that should be caring more care less because they just figure it's all done. Craig Cecil's still in prison. He's not getting out anytime soon unless we do something about it. Um, we got Wesley Sudbury, who I talked about last week. He's in prison. He's about to go to trial. Who knows what's going to happen with that. Um, it's more difficult today to even get support for people, as I've experienced, because Everybody thinks everything's okay. I'm working really hard because I understand what this could be. I understand what it's like to be locked up for pot. I understand what it's like to live in a total outlaw world where if you're just careful, you probably won't have any problem. Hell, that's closer to liberty than what we're dealing with today. 30 years ago when I was growing pot on a mountainside, I knew I was, I would be locked up if anything happened to me. So I made sure I was careful and that I didn't get locked up and I didn't deal with people that I didn't know really well. And I didn't do any kind of business that I thought was going to be in any way dangerous. And frankly, I had more liberty with that than anybody has today. There's so much misinformation about what's going on. Law enforcement is they're a propagator of misinformation. They get to make up their own rules as they're going along because anybody who's ever spent any time in court knows the judge is God. They get to do what they want in their courtroom, and the only one that can overturn them is another God, another court in another courtroom. And other than that, hell, what are you going to do about it? And that's what happens, and it happens over and over again. And we're sitting here quietly, complacently, sitting here fat and sassy, posting pictures of our beautiful plants and our concoctions and things we do, and we're we're sharing everything boldly and blatantly and proudly. <clears throat> and yet people are still locked up for that very same thing, and nobody's not enough people anyways, not enough people are are just completely beside themselves over it. And there's compassion, and I appreciate compassion. But where's the fucking outrage, people? Where Where's the part where we say, you know what, I can't do this anymore. We need to do something about it, and I'm going to bring somebody to the fight. Where's that? We got a lot of people saying, hey, you know what we should do? I love that. We got a lot of, I'm really sick and I'm doing everything I can. We got a lot of that. And I'm not in any way disparaging anybody. I'm sorry, I forgot to turn on the live feed. <laughs> Anyways, it's on now. Um, the uh, Sorry, I, I was ranting away. Forgot to turn you guys on. Um
I get a lot of guff from people because I'm a demanding individual. I understand something in a way that I have a hard time explaining. I don't have a hard time explaining. I have a hard time finding people willing to listen to it for the magnitude that it carries. And that's a difference. Yeah, a lot of people talk about a lot of things and a lot of things that are right and accurate and worthy of talking about. But you see, I understand that we, the people, each and every one of us, if we were to make this prohibition the problem, important enough in our lives to make the difference, to change it, that we could. And I struggle because I could gather a lot of people together. I'm good at that. I could start holding events and start running around doing a lot of public speaking and and gathering people together. I could do that. I've done it before. I could do it again. I'm a pretty likable guy when I set my mind to it, and I'm certainly loud, and uh, I'm not shy. So I got all the things that it takes to gather a crowd, if need be. But the problem is you gather a crowd, and then what? Then what? And everybody will show up, and everybody will smoke a bunch of pot, and everybody will talk about what they're going to do. And then everybody goes home, and they go back to their lives, and they don't, generally speaking, stay with it. And that's why I shifted my focus to um, creating an A-team. And I'm really proud of what we're doing here, folks. I'm, I'm excited. I got one more piece of a puzzle, then I can unveil the next part of this plan. I have a plan. I have a plan, but I got one piece. That needs to be finished, and when that piece is finished, I'm going to start unveiling my plan. So to all of you who know what that piece is, please help me get it done. Um, but what I'm doing right now is I'm looking for people that get it, that get that that we can make this difference. You know, there's all of this political talk, okay? Oh, God drives me crazy, all the political shit. You got the folks on the far left, and they're just hating the folks on the far right. And you got the folks on the far right who laugh at the folks on the far left. And then you got the folks in the middle who think that they're getting anything done. And I want to pose a question to you. I don't generally bring political speak to this. But I've been studying history lately, and I will probably continue studying history for a while. And when I study history, I'm studying humanity. I'm studying people. I'm studying the human race. I'm studying us as as a, as a people and across the world, everywhere. And we study the dynamic of people and leadership and ways things can be done and will be done and have been done. And you find that there are consistencies. And unfortunately, unless you can tell me different, I want to ask you, all right, so you're a utopian, a far-left person, right? And you think that the government should take care of everybody. But at the same time, the government's got to regulate everybody because we're not 
smart enough to take care of ourselves. So when you take care of us and give us all the free stuff, you will tell us that we have to do this and we can't do that because that's how it works in that type of a society. And then let's see, who pays for it? Oh, yeah, the big companies pay for it. But there comes a point where the big companies can't pay for it anymore. Oh, yeah, and then there's the part, who's in charge? Who's in charge? Look at these types of societies and and look at any time that they've ever happened in any way at all, ever, and what happens? Despotism. You get a couple of people that just go amok, and that's the only way it's ever happened. So then you go to the other side of it, and you say, well, and capitalism and small government and let the, the those people do it. Well, what ends up happening is the people that have the means end up doing things that suit their means and their needs, and they stomp all over the, the, the poor folks, and they rape the earth, and they do what they want, and generally that's what happens if you let if you let that happen all on its own. But my question to you, what do we do about it? Because it swings back and it swings forth and it swings back and it swings forth. And if you notice, if you're paying attention to the United States government, what happens? It just keeps getting bigger. The laws keep getting more. And if you have been paying attention to how our laws work, the Constitution gives us our rights. Declaration gave us our, our so-called independence. And then we came up with this Constitution that laid out our, our inalienable rights. And then all the laws in all of the criminal codes and the civil codes and the health and safety codes, they take them away. Every single law restricts us that we keep passing. They don't. When's the last time we got a right out of a law? When's or the they last change time? it like they did in Utah. Well, yeah, but, I mean, at the end of the day, when does it, the only way you can get a right out of getting a law is passing a law to repeal a law, mm-hmm. in which case then you take a, law, a right back that you had lost. But I want to hear some solutions. Give me an answer. Any time that we've had a major change, you know, as I as I as I'm going through my studies and, and and learning about things, one of the groups of people that I've studied a little bit is women. And if you look at the history of women, I I'm a, I'm I'm appalled at how long women put up with this shit. Because up until very recently, Women had virtually no power. They had no rights. They weren't able to own property. They weren't able to vote. They weren't able to do a lot of stuff. They didn't get paid anywhere near what a man would be paid for the same stuff. And yet men have relied on women for everything. Well, but it's it's just the way it is. I mean... You know, look look back at, at look back at, at at history and there's been a few societies in ancient history where women were actually in control and there's been 
times where there's been women monarchs. Um, There's been some strong women in charge. But I think what happens at that point, when a woman gets that kind of power, she has to act like a man, Mm -hmm. keep it, otherwise the people didn't take her seriously. So now, in the last 50 years, maybe 100 years, if you really want to be crazy about it, women have had at least a fair shake at things. And... I sit there and I think to myself, what? what's different? People of power still abuse their power every chance they get. And this is a humanity problem. So what are we going to do about it? You know, Mike says, do the best we can until the government collapses. Okay. That seems like a reasonable, a, a, a reasonable way forward. But then the government collapses and then what happens? The government collapses, and what happens, though? The strong people are going to rise up and take advantage of the weak people again, because that's whatever happens. I don't have an answer. I just recognize that we have a problem. So my thinking is that what if, what if enough of us got together and decided that some things were okay and some things weren't? And that the things that weren't okay, that we decided to start coming up with a real plan and start taking some real action. You know, in in history, there's been all kinds of movements, right? And a lot of times when a movement happens, what happens? People will strike. That's one way that you can get things done. You can say, I'm not going to work anymore, and we're not going to work until it hurts you. Garbage workers strike, uh, teachers strike, uh, mm-hmm. t- whatever, you name it. The guys that, that haul stuff, you know, the, the, the teamsters, whatever. You name it, a strike goes long enough. Or in the case where you get the uh, the, the movie people strike and everybody says, ha, <laughs> too bad. You know? Craig Cecil, maybe he's got a thought about it. Let's see what happens. An inmate at a federal prison. This call being recorded and is subject to monitoring. Hang up to decline the call. Craig Cecil, how are you doing today? Hello, Joe. Well, I want to wish you a happy George Bush Day. Uh, <laughs> I'm here at the Federal Correctional Institution at uh, Terre Haute, Indiana. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's an odd day. Um, you know, it's not every day a president uh, gets laid to rest and... Uh, you know, George Bush was hated by some and loved by some, and he only served one term, so he could only do four years' worth of damage. But um, I think there was a lot of people that said more good things than bad things about him, except for the fact that, you know, he came from old Bush money, and, and there was that whole, you know, corporate devil behind it all. But I don't know. I, I, I didn't feel that my life changed much when he was in power, but... That's how I feel generally with most of them. I think the times were pretty good then, uh, you know, right after the big jump in jobs after the uh, Reagan presidency and that. So, and then we had all the good news of the USSR falling apart and Germany reuniting and all that. So it was kind of a neat time. Yeah, um, yeah. On the world stage, it was a pretty good, uh, a, a pretty good, good time of things. There was a lot of. Uh, a lot of movement 
and people people had gained a lot of ground as 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 a people. Now here this week, actually as of yesterday, here at the prison, they they started a new rule. That uh, actually I printed it up and I have it right in front of me. But this really kind of amazes me that any warden would do this. What it is is uh, they say that they will lock down a cell block if there's any suspected drug overdose in the cell block, if there's any active violence surrounding suspected drug activities, or if there's any suspected drug activities in a cell block, they're going to put this college from a federal prison. Put the offenders in the shoe and then lock down the other, you know, 130 guys in the uh, cell block, you know, probably for a week or so. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. I want, why would you want to push the people that weren't involved in the wrongdoing? And as a warden, why would you want to tell inmates to group up, to group up and enforce their rules? I mean, it, it seems like a warden, that's the last thing you'd want, is all the inmates to group up and maybe, you know, try to enforce the rules on him and, the, and, and his staff. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all. In fact, it's, it's pretty counterintuitive. Um, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, generally speaking, when somebody's doing drugs, they're not causing harm to anybody else. I mean, they may be causing harm to themselves, but generally speaking, if somebody's all high, they're not they're not bothering people, are they? No, not in general. The, the only problem that we have had is when they're caught, you know, with this K2 stuff and all that, they're... You know, they're a mess. They can't talk. They're they're laying on the floor or something like that. And, uh, but the only thing that, that that's followed with is recently the officers have been beating them up. They, they cuff them up, and then they beat them up. So it's really the only wrongdoing and violence is on the, on the part of the warden staff. Right, exactly. So, I mean, I guess I, I would wonder... Um, I would wonder what they would actually hope to accomplish, or is there is it some kind? Of, I mean, are they that dumb, or is it some kind of a of a sinister, you know, trying to cause something to happen so that they can in turn gain some more control? It sounds like they want the inmates to group up and enforce the rules, and like I say, the we've all seen, you know, people where they. They put them in handcuffs, and then with, you know, more than one officer, they'll stand there and beat them up in front of everybody. Maybe as a group, we need to address that. If, you know, if we're expected to enforce the rules, that's certainly violating some rules. Oh, I would think, yeah. That would, you know, I mean, it, it's a funny thing because people don't realize that even though you you lose certain rights when you are in custody, you still have some rights as as an inmate and i i wonder has it ever been like spelled out to the inmates what your basic civil liberties still are even though you're in in custody yes um there is in a actually here in the federal bureau of prisons there is an inmate right that you can read and it, it kind of spells out a bunch of what the inmates rights are and then, you know, there's people like me that do a lot of work with the law and legal stuff and all that, that, you know, we circulate that. Like, in terms of uh, the staffers, we have a right not to get beat up by them. Yeah, I would think that might be one of them. Right. 
I mean, we already have a thing that says that there's no um, cruel and unusual punishment, and that's that's right there in the Constitution. So, um, you know, where is that line? I mean, is there anything that 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 quantifies that? Well, it's just uh, they they can't do anything to deliberately inflict pain. That's one of the like beating somebody up because they're high. Yeah, that, oh, that would definitely that. cross that line. <laughs> and they have to give us, you know, reasonable accommodations in terms of food and heat, and, you know, cleanliness and things like that. I mean, it doesn't have to be nice, but it just has to be, you know, at least so it doesn't cross that cruel and unusual line. Like like uh, depriving a diabetic of food and, and medicine, that kind of thing? Or being hit by a dentist? Correct, correct. Oh, okay. you know, they, just checking, they I don't know. It. Yeah, yeah the, the standard's pretty low, but, uh, I mean, the, there still is a, you know, a threshold level that they do have to provide. <laughs> How's the dental office going these days? Well, <laughs> they actually called me over a week ago. They said that, well, this is your annual uh, cleaning that you haven't had in nearly three years. Ah. <laughs> They say I've been on the list for that long for my annual cleaning, mind you. Wow. They cleaned my tooth, my tooth, and uh, like a couple hours later, the filling that they had just kind of, sort of put in about six or eight months ago fell out. Oh, so, I, I really can't for, say for sure they did it. It, it is suspect. <laughs> yeah. So now I'm waiting. I'm waiting to uh, hopefully that they'll actually fix it. We'll see. The, the timing is kind of, uh, I don't know, a little auspicious there. <laughs> it's definitely suspect. I mean, I don't know if you can even, you know, like sabotage a filling so that it'll fall out in a couple hours, but it I, sure I, does look suspect. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, it's crazy. Well, um, you know, you're, we're getting to the end of the year, and I'm wondering, is there uh, any anything buzzing around now. I know you guys were talking about that bill that looks like I don't think it has any any way to move forward anymore, but um, is there anything else that you've heard that's uh, of interest? There is, you know, inmates still stuck on, you know, well, Congress is still there a few more days, they can do it and all that. In reality, they can't. I mean, it would have to get passed in the Senate and then the House would have to start from scratch on it get it done, and there's just not enough days left in the year for that. What I am hopeful about, and I haven't really seen yet, but I'm really going to watch, is we do have quite a few new congressmen coming in, you know, next January. And I hope there's one of them that's actually knowledgeable about criminal justice and criminal justice reform, you know, maybe one that's come from the state. A lot of states have made some really significant changes to criminal justice, you know, systems in their state, and hopefully there's, there's one of them that's familiar with that and actually familiar with what works, and so that's that's my personal hope at this time, but inmates are, are just, about half of them are kind of resigned to that none of these bills are going to pass, and then there's the other half that are at least hanging on the hope that something will happen that makes it so they go home earlier. Well, I think that when we have a new um, elected official that's not an incumbent, we have an obligation as citizens and as voters to hold them to task. And I think that I think that's where we we drop the ball. You know, we're sitting out here with all this freedom and liberty, 
And when we get somebody that's supposed to be representing us, generally speaking, if anything, we'll cast a vote. That's about the best anybody ever does. We need to be following up on their, the, you know, their first session when they get in there and start checking on their voting record. You know, I mean, I think that, I think that you could actually do more good as a constituent the first six months of, of an elected official's term than you could right there even around election time. Because at election time, you're stuck with whoever's there. In that first six months of a term, you have somebody who has a job to do, and you are an influencer at that point. And, you know, the first thing they do when they get in is they want to stay in there, right? And if they get in and they start getting support from their constituents, I would think that we could start to guide them into doing our will, which is kind of their job, right? <laughs> and but I, I agree. <laughs> well, we got a team in, in Kansas right now, um, and it's a, it's a new chapter, and they're, they're watching my live feed right now, and they're telling me that they're going to be in Topeka in January, and they're going to be doing exactly what I just talked about. And uh, these guys are really active, and uh, they're working with a, a group called Bleeding Canvas Advo Kansas Advocates as well. There's some, there's some, uh, uh, some allies of ours, um, but they've started up a new chapter out there, and they're, they're very active in this. And my hope is that we're going to be able to take their actions and document them and hopefully create a template for other people to do the very same thing because just about everywhere has new uh new elected officials somewhere in their you know in their arena and even you know Dana Rohrbacher got voted out but a new guy got voted in so you know if if Dana's not there to do what he did which is submit numerous bills that actually helped uh, or could have, would have helped cannabis um, advocates. Um, one of them actually did some good. Um, the next guy could do the very same thing if we just impressed on him that that was something that needed to happen. I agree. I agree. The Rohrbacher amendment actually stopped a whole lot of what would have been marijuana prosecutions. Now, one thing I'd like to ask you and even ask your listeners is I, I agree with you that the beginning of this new congressional term and with a bunch of new uh, congressmen, you know, hoping maybe to make a name for themselves, is I'd like to send to you and maybe you could post uh, what, what my suggestion is, is at least for our federal officials, is to make it so that drug prosecutions have the same statutory or sentencing limits as violent crimes. Violent crimes, a regular violent crime, a non-murder violent crime carries up to 20 years. An aggravated violent crime, you know, one with a weapon of some sort, carries up to 25 years, and of course murder is life. Now why does a marijuana charge right from the get-go carry up to life? And unfortunately what that does is that when they, when they design the sentencing guidelines for marijuana, they spread those guidelines over a range of, you know, zero to life. But a violent crime is stretched over a range of from zero to 20 years. That's why a bank robber, um, you know, he gets, you know, he gets a three or four year sentence, but a marijuana offender gets life. So what I'm hoping is, and I, I could put something together, you know, backing it up with all the different statutes and that. And uh, 
to show them that, you know, that there's something wrong. It's called from a federal prison. Where the guidelines, I, I, as I told you, I've compared for myself, had I been guilty of rape instead of a marijuana crime, my sentence would have been somewhere around 31 months. <laughs> but instead, for marijuana, it's life. There's, there's something wrong with our laws that allow that. And uh, I'm hoping, you know, maybe if I put something out, people could forward that to their congressman and say, hey, get behind this. This is common sense. Absolutely. If you send it to me, send me something in Coralink, and I will create a call to action based on it. And, um, you know, I, I, I give incentives to anybody who follows along and can show me proof of what they did. So um, please send me that as soon as you can, and I'll, I'll, I'll get it to happen. That would be great. That would be great because I, I think it would be an easy sell to say, you know, uh, half of our federal offenders are, are drug uh, convicts, and their sentences are, on, you know, on average at least three times as high people that actually committed violent crimes and actually have victims that are hurt, and some of them even dead. But that's the second beat. But uh, thank you, Joe. Have a happy George Bush Day. And uh, I hope everybody gets a hold of their congressman and, you know, let's use this opportunity with the new Congress. Maybe one or two or three of them will step up. Absolutely. Send me that, uh, that statement, and I'll get it out there. Fantastic, fantastic. Have a great one. All right. Thanks. Wow. That was the first time we actually timed that, where we actually said goodbye. That's a good sign. Um, that's fantastic. I I, uh, I, I, uh, I don't think we've ever done that in about five years of talking to Craig Cecil. Um, we haven't done that. So generally speaking, Craig gets on for 15 minutes and gets cut off in the middle of a thought and, uh, it's always very frustrating because there's nothing we can do about it. And, you know, if any of you have ever been locked up, that's one of the things that that, that you get to experience, a, a moment of nothing you can do about it. Um, you know, a few years back I was locked up in this at this date uh, for a few months, a couple of months, and um, there was a, a, there's a point of, acceptance that there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, there's always something you can do inside, but actually to change your current situation as you are today, where I sit right now, I can get up and I can walk out the door. I can I can drink some coffee. I can go up. I can do, I can virtually do anything I'm capable of. But when you're locked up, you're, you're, there's a lot of things you cannot do. You cannot physically do because you don't have that option. And, you know, it's a thing that, that's hard to wrap your head around. Uh, we're only doing an hour-long show today, which means I think I've got about 20 minutes left. Um, so I'm going to jump right to it. Before or while we're getting going, I'm going to put Pete Yapel up, and then uh, i got Tom Corby. And um, we have our new chapters. I'm going to be signing the charters right now. Um, but we have the Rock and Fire Central California chapter and the Kansas chapter. We finally got our, our charter statements, and um, the packages are going to be going out. So I um, appreciate everybody who has stepped up. And um, I'm going to take Craig Cecil's call to action and 
Let's make it happen. Every single one of us has influence on a number of elected officials. You have your state your you have your state legislation, which has some effect um, even on on the federal level. But every one of you has a senator and a congressman that represent your district. And uh, actually, you have two senators. So you have two senators and a congressman that you directly can impact. And then you got a president, you got a vice president, you got secretary of state, you got all those people that you can directly reach out to. And ask, hey, I'm a citizen, I'm a voter, I should matter, and here's what I think. And generally speaking, I advocate, you know, let's get on the boots on the ground and let's take an action, an action that, you know, you can see in the streets. And generally I'm not a big, you know, let's get our congressmen to do something for us because generally they don't do it very well. But I'm not opposed to it. And Craig wants this to happen. And Craig is truly a victim of the drug war. While we're sitting here enjoying whatever freedoms we have or taking whatever freedoms we're taking, because some of us just take it whether we have it or not. And I'm one of them. Fuck them. You know, you can lock me up. You can do whatever you want, take my stuff, but you're not going to hold me hostage. And they've tried, but they haven't done it. And it's not going to happen. In my house, where I am, I do as I see fit, and I don't harm anybody. I don't go out of my way to cause any harm to anybody. I don't go out of my way to inflict any harm on anybody else's rights. I value your rights as much as I value my own. So I don't care what you do in your room, in your house, in your yard, in your in your body. I don't care. It's your business, not mine. It's certainly not my government's business, and it's certainly not law enforcement's business. And but I'm not like most people. Which leads back to the woman question. Well, yeah. What's the question, woman? Okay, <laughs> so the question is, why did we? Why is why is what's going on what's going on? Because we got in the way. We wanted to make sure that our men came home with their paycheck and that they didn't go out pouring around, and that they didn't go out alcoholizing, and that they didn't go out doing anything else and enjoying themselves. How'd that work out? It's not working. Oh. That's my point. <laughs> All right. That's my point. That's why we got to, we got to, it's not legalized. It's end prohibition, and alcohol is the bad stuff. The plant should have been allowed, and that's why society is all jacked up, because we're all angered because we don't have enough cannabinoids in our system to behave like decent, compassionate, empathetic beings. And that's the problem. And unfortunately, the women stepping our foot down way back in the day screwed it up. I'm a woman. I put back what I Well, here, here's here's what I think, and and this is definitely a uh, a poetic statement. Certainly not a a literal statement. But I am going to recommend that everybody who has a thought about freedom. Everyone who who believes that you have a right to do as you see fit, either grow or strap on a pair of stones, because those stones are the thing that get things done. And 
I don't, I'm obviously talking figuratively, but there is a thing that 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 we call balls, mm-hmm. that we call stones, that we call cuyones, we call whatever we call that thing that says, you know what, screw you, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna stand up to you, I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna not sit over there, I'm not gonna drink that water, I'm not gonna do it because you told me to, I'm gonna do the thing that I want. Yep. And I and I'm gonna encourage everybody to do that because you know what. That's a choice we have, and when we do it, when enough of us do it, you know what they do every single time? They back the hell down. You know, they might make a stand. They might try to cause a thing or two, but generally speaking, when we all stand up and say, whoa, now you've pushed it just too far, they back down, and that's when the changes get made. And I'm going to encourage you to, like, take a minute and start to think about what would it take for you to stand up when everybody was sitting down? What would it take for you to yell out when everybody was sitting there taking it? What would it take for you to say no when everybody's meekly saying yes? It took cancer for me. Okay. Well, hopefully it doesn't take cancer because cancer is a horrible thing, and I don't want anybody to have to go through that any more than and are already going through it. But if that's what it took, then that's what it took. The good news is is it took that, and you're here, and you're doing it. So, anyways, we've got a short amount of time left. Dolores Helbin just popped on. Hey, Dolores. And we were hoping she was going to join us. And uh, let's see what Dolores has to say. She's um, uh, been a very active woman in her life, and she's shared a lot of uh, experiences with us, and we've worked with her and helped her. And um, let's see what Dolores has to say. Dolores, my friend, Joe. welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Oh, it's really good to hear your voice. I've been listening to the show, but I haven't been on in a while. So I'm okay. I'm, you know, gosh, what you're saying is like, yeah, it's like that crazy-ass movie back, you know. I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. (laughs) Exactly. So when are we all going to be mad as hell and not going to take it anymore? Because that's when it's going to change. It's not going to change because we passed some silly law. It's not going to change when some little thing happens. It's going to change when we're mad as hell and we're not going to take it anymore. Well, I have to tell you, (laughs) that's right. We're, yeah, um, where we're at here in Missouri, we did pass Amendment Two um, with overwhelming support, which gives us a really good medical marijuana bill that goes into effect tomorrow, December the sixth. Um, of course, we got Home Grow in there. Yeah, it's a little, you know, it's a little victory. It's another mini battle in the mini battles, but. People have said to me for a decade, when Missouri goes, you know, that's going to be the domino that starts the federal government to change. So if I honestly believe that uh, it's kind of like back in the 70s when Nixon was going to legalize marijuana and end the Vietnam War and get the hippies to reelect him, you know, I think Trump will have the 
fucking strategy if if we can just keep the world from impeaching him long enough to decriminalize cannabis, you know, I'll be really happy. Um, there's nothing well, that goes for that because there's so many people that are, um, you know, cannabis advocates that are, you know, Trump haters. I mean, there's just so many. Of them, but you know the thing is, if you think about it, and I was talking earlier in the show about, you know, the if if the left got everything they wanted, how would it work? Yep. If the right got how would it everything work? they wanted, how would it work? you know? Yep. So at one point there's got to there has to be some common sense somewhere, right? There has there to be somewhere. Does. And, and the thing I of think... it is, is if you think about how the hell. Did Trump become our president? It's because everybody was mad as hell and they weren't going to take it anymore. So they put this crazy nut job who didn't care about politics and he didn't care Uh about the system and he didn't care about you. But what he does care about is him. And if 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 enough people could show him that somehow allowing a freedom here would help him, my guess is. He would do what it took to make that happen. In in a heartbeat. So we need to know the man, know the problem, know ourselves, and start courting the president. And you know, you can call the you can call him every damn day. And he the two hundred two number for the president. I've got it memorized. Um, Four five six eleven eleven, and he pays attention to that like he does his Twitter feed. It wasn't. We started calling when I started putting out with on my Facebook page. You know, call the president about the California fires, and just be mm-hmm. be nice and just ask him. And you know, two days later, the guy was out there. So we can make a difference just picking up the damn phone, and it's amazing how hard it is to get people to do. And right now. Right this minute, right this week, that prison reform bill of Rand Paul's that 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 the president and I think Joe, one of the first things we can do is we can quit calling him Trump and just call him the president. That is what he is. He's the president, and that right or wrong, good or bad, he's the president, and we need him to do his job. Right. We have to acknowledge some common sense. And and uh-huh. at the end of the day, that is his role in this. It, 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 that is his title. He is Mr. President. Like it or not, it doesn't matter. He has all the power that the President of the United States has. And as you just said, and this is something that's important, maybe more so than any other president we've ever had, he actually cares what you think more than of him. more than his politicians. I think I don't think he cares about yeah. what people no. in the White House think is. Sorry, I picked up a cold. I absolutely agree, and I think that the the, it's right before Christmas, and we can call and beg for compassion. Um, You know, you you guys have seen the the videos that I've taken of the Bland family, the couple, the in Purdy down here that's in such a mess, and uh, I I put in a call today to Amy Box, who is our prosecuting attorney. And I'm going to wait for her to return my call. Um, you know, these guys are looking at, 
uh, the rest of their lives in jail and uh, $30,000 bond a piece, a piece for 13 plants that weren't flowered. The guy was out there in his garden weeding out the males at the time. So, you know, he'd already pulled up like four males. So really it was only eight. And what we have on what our petition. What if it was 800? What? So what? And in jail? What? Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's a damn plant. So what we're doing here is going to the prosecuting attorneys. And we've got several prosecuting attorneys across the state that have just flat said Jackson County Prosecuting Attorney's Office, St. Louis Prosecuting Attorneys, this is Kansas City, Missouri, and St. Louis, the two biggest cities in the state, have said we're not going to prosecute any more marijuana possession cases. Now, if they get a big, you know, out-of-town drug bust or something like that that they can't help doing something about like the idiot, you know, that's smoking a joint with 400 pounds in his car, you know. But as far as stuff like Gene and I and these this couple and these mom and pop, they're just not going to do it anymore. So that's what we need to be doing is we need to be writing and writing and writing again and emailing and calling our prosecuting attorneys and asking them to stop asking them to quit doing this and focus on rape and bring up again the over 100,000 estimated unopened rape kits in the country. And a matter of they're getting ready to set the government down again? Are you serious? Make it legal across the country and let the free market take over and just tax it at the same rate as alcohol and cigarettes problem solved, you know? So it's so obvious well, as long as as long as if you do that, you decriminalize it at the same time, so that the outlaws can still do their thing without worrying about going to prison. I mean, the tax thing is cool as long as the people that want to pay taxes have that opportunity. But I don't want to force those taxes on the people that can't afford it, because that's really the one of the biggest beefs I have is. We go through and, and, you know, we pass, like in California, we pass this just oppressive. Oh, God almighty. Uh, it is oppressive. I just got back. You guys have a nightmare going. It's ridiculous. Yeah, oh, it, it is. It, and and the money doesn't ever end up going to where it says. It's like in Missouri, all the lottery and the gambling was supposed to go to the Department of Education, and it doesn't. So here's the thing, though. If, if the prosecutors start to refuse, to prosecute these cases, then law enforcement will do what the Denver police did and just ah, you're then all of a sudden they got time to go after Ah, Dolores, you're you're gone. Where are you talking on on a on a speakerphone? No. Did I lose you? Yeah, you're, it's like I could hear you in a shadow of an echo. I couldn't hear the last probably 30 seconds you just said. I'm going to – is this any better? Yes. Can better. you hear me now? Okay, okay. You, you know, I live out in the middle of nowhere. But, uh, well, I'm I, – I, And back here. How's this? Much better. 
Okay, I'm going to stand in one space. I know we don't have a lot of time here. Um, but what, Go ahead. What I'm urging people to do is call Mitch McConnell. We've only got till the 14th of December. The, the prison reform bill is at the top of his stack, and that would eliminate jail time for anyone in, in anywhere that there is still prohibition, there would be no more jail time for nonviolent crimes. That would let our lifers out of prison. It would let them out. So it's got broad support from the Senate and the House. The president likes it. Mitch McConnell said, I heard him on TV the other day say, I just want to know kind of what the public feels about this. So we're the public. We have to pick up our phones and call Mitch McConnell, and I'll put his number up there on the, I think I've done that two or three times in the past week, put it up on the IHSI page and my own page, or just simply Google, call Mitch McConnell. No, I couldn't agree more. And call the president. Call the the president. Even if you're sick, even if you you are depressed, or you're you're in the hospital, (laughs) it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. you can do this, uh, even if you're not yeah. that conscious. You can you can write it out and have your friend do it for you. I mean, yeah, this is, yeah, this, this is, is a simple thing. There's kind of no and reason why is, you can't. There is no excuse. I I have done this so many times this week. You can do it over and over again too. <laughs> you don't oh, have absolutely. to do it just once. They no, tally no, no. the calls. You find out that it's actually kind of enjoying enjoyable and uh there was a time where we were advocating for something and i i kind of got to know the the congressman's you know answer person and you know they're they're actually people even though they're generally assholes a lot of times they're people and and they are people it's actually kind of like a challenge you know in my life i used to have really long hair and and i was a painter and i used to go into um, you know, into people's houses, rich people's houses, and they'd always look at me. I wouldn't shave, and I'd have long hair, and I'd have paint all over my clothes, and I and I I did it almost on purpose because I would want to win them over, and I made it as difficult as I could. And sure as shit, every single time, by the time we were done, we would be friends, and they would feed me dinner and give me coffee and, and mm-hmm. love me like a son. And and absolutely. The same thing. Same thing, we can do this with these people. They're people, and, you know, we're people. And the thing is, is when when somebody sees that somebody really cares about something, when somebody, doesn't matter what it is, you can come to me and say, you know what, we got a a sunflower problem. These sunflowers are taking over, and, and they're getting rid of all the frown flowers. And it's really a problem. You look me in the eye with sincerity. I'm going to care. I'm going to listen to you. Yeah. And I think yeah. if we can have that humanity, you know, that's the human solution, folks. It's it's all about right. the humanity. It's not, uh, it is about the stories and the humanity. You are so right. Um, we're headed down to see our new governor, who seems very approachable. We're going Good. to ask him. Myself, Jeff Masinski, Adele Falk, and uh, the the priest kids that got 15 years that we just got out of jail. 
We our governor got fired for being an immoral bastard, and the new guy we got, you can't find anything on him. Okay. Did I lose you? And anyway, no, 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 so no, we no. got an appointment. We just started Good. calling. We just started getting to know his secretary, and we've got an appointment, and we're going to go in there. And he's got. He's not going to run for reelection. We're going to ask him to let Missouri be the first free market state to just say no to the bullshit, to just, you know, speak the truth, take him the book, take him Jack's book, you know, and and go in there and ask him, you know, tell him what it's done. I mean, even having a misdemeanor on my record, even though I've got my RN back, I've got to get that expunged before I can really get a job. So right. letting him see how devastating this is to people and asking him to just, you know, why not? What have you got to lose? Because if it works, you're going to go down in history. The other thing that we need to tell Mr. Trump is this will make you the most popular president in the history of history. <laughs> you know, he always is says it? that he's the best that's ever been. Well, this is how he really could be. We need to play to that man's ego and we need to come on fast, and we need to come on hard. There are millions of us across the country. If we start flooding Mitch McConnell and the president's lines, I couldn't agree we'll more. get somewhere. And Dolores, if you could do me this, you know, uh, unfortunately, so many of the things that we accomplish, we don't create a template for others to do that same thing. And I'm yeah, going to implore we, you. We need to do that. Guys, yeah. To document this in some way, whether you video it, audio it, journal it, write about it, anything, but please, you know, show us how you guys did that so that I can show other people how to do it too. And I think that that's a thing that, that. you know, yes, yes, because that's what we can do. You know, I'm, I'm building an A team right now. I'm building a team of, of, of special forces, people that care so much that they're willing to get in and do the hard work and and do what it takes. And I want to I go to see show- the president. Yes, why not? I want to meet him. That- I'm well. I got an appointment with the governor, and it wasn't that hard. So my next move next week is just to call and ask how I can tell him I want to see the president and start seeing what happens from there. You know, because I really do. I think I give me twenty what. minutes across the chair from him, and I could convince him. Or well, you could, if, any if of us could. Please, please uh, save us, save a corner of your seat for me, and I'll come right along I with will. you. I will. I will. I really and do. That's what we're doing with the governor. Is that we've got five people that can all speak truth to power and that are willing to, that are going to go talk to him, and we're we're all old, you know. <laughs> As he and I have almost the same birthday, so that's why I think I've got you know this will work out, but. I just, uh, you know, I wanted to call in and urge people. And in Missouri, people have kind of quit now. We got medical, and so now everybody's scrambling to make money. And I'm like, um, you know what? Until we beat this federal thing, you guys are just, you can't quit. You can't quit. But most of the people have quit. I know. They're going to get their dispensaries open, and, yeah, they're going to, they don't care. I know, I know. It's really hard to get people to remain activists. 
It really is. So our our group gets smaller and smaller and smaller, but we get mightier and mightier and mightier. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. We can turn it around. You know, the thing is, Dolores, the people that have left would come back just as quick as they left if they thought there was good reason. And that's that's the thing you got to remember about fair, fair weather folk. You can bring them back around if you can show them there's a reason. And that's what we got to do. We got to, we got to get things going, and, and we got to, you know, ultimately what I think we got to do is get that final target in the bead that we can show them, look, we have a way to get to the goal, to the end, the finish line, that place where we just have freedom. And if we can articulate it and show a way there, I think we could get the people to come back from their latest business venture and, and their latest whatever thing they're doing and and say, yeah, you know what, if I could have that, then there wouldn't be anything in my was, way, you know? Well, here was here's what I almost did today, but I, um, dang it, I got to put a dog down, so I've been making the funeral arrangements today. But anyway, what I was thinking about doing today is setting up an event page and inviting everyone to it, all the groups and everyone I know, and the event is Call Mitch McConnell, and then another event page that the event is, Call the president. Here's the number. That's all you got to do. (laughs) If you do that, I will take what you do and put it on our – we we have a current uh, um, action item page on our website that I'll I'll, I'll mirror it on on our website. I will do that with – you know, I've got three, actually, and I think that the event forum on Facebook is a really good way to – direct people and make them, you know, as opposed to just call Mitch McConnell today, get invited to a Mitch McConnell event. And if I can do three of them, then I will. I'm, I want to talk to this prosecutor because I want to get the Blands out of trouble first. And if she's going to be a bitch, then we're going to have to letter bomb her and, and make this case uh, a national outrage that it absolutely is. But if I can be more diplomatic with her, their next hearing is the 27th of December, you know, without making a public stink. I want to try that first because they are more. But if they're going to go down anyway, then we're going to we're going to use them as the poster children for the bullshit and oh, get our letters way, going. We have a chance to shine before we start crawling up their yeah. asses. So. You know, I well, always I gotta, give yeah, you, a, you got to give him a chance. Got to give him a chance. Yeah, I agree. So, um, All right. So Please, you will be getting events from me, and what I'll do is put a little template on the event of why we want this to happen and what you need to say when you call Mitch and when you call Don. <laughs> well, I, the I press. Will whatever you put up on your event, and I will mirror yeah. it on my forums and make sure it gets out to wherever it can go. So, The the most urgent one is McConnell because they're out, you know, the 14th and they all go home. So, yeah, we got a good week and a half. Let's do it. I mean, that would get Lance out of jail. That would get Craig out of jail. That would get everybody out of jail with the sweep of a pen. So I don't think people understand how important Rand Paul's prison reform bill is, but it gets our people home. 
It makes well, no jail time for nonviolent drug offenses, and it gets everybody home in the stroke of a pen. That would do more for us than anything else right now is to get our families home. So I can't stretch enough how and, – and it's it's sitting there. It's up to the Speaker of the House what bill gets voted on next week and what doesn't. And he can bring it to – if he brings it to the floor, it will pass with an overwhelming majority. And it will close the private prison industry down for good, completely. So this is the one of the most critical pieces of legislature our country has had in years. I love We're almost it. there. I love everyone, it. Everyone, everybody has to call Mitch. Call Mitch, call Mitch, call Mitch. I love you guys. Um, we'll right. be in touch. <laughs> it was wonderful to hear your voice, and we'll be talking more. Yeah, one of these days I'm going to get out there and get my picture by your door, Joe. <laughs> I keep hearing, I keep hearing about it. You come out, you can stay as long as you like. Hell, I got to get a farm sitter, but I'm working on it. <laughs> All right, I love you guys. I'll talk to you soon. All right, all right, folks. Um, you know, I'm actually in overtime. I said I was only going to go an hour, but I keep doing that. I got Pete Yaple and Tom Corby. And uh, we're going to do lightning round here. Pete Yaple, Solidarity Over Separation. Your banner actually went out yesterday, so should be getting it in a day or two. Um, you know, Pete Yaple is um, an A-team commander, as I've ever uh, been honored to work with one. Um, Pete Yaple and Glenn Keeling, uh, two men that uh, – uh, have joined the Human Solution in the last, you know, year and a half or so. Tom Corby, um, all of us together. It, it's a funny thing. As I was talking about, you know, women being oppressed and women, um, you know, having, you know, a, an unfair shake of things throughout all of history, um, the Human Solution was actually a woman-strong organization from day one. I mean, I was one man amongst a uh, dozens of strong women for the longest time and finally we got a few men aboard and we got uh we got mike um and um we've got uh scott in in central california so we got we got more uh more of a balanced organization than i think we've ever had unfortunately something happens when a lot of strong women get together you guys are so competitive, you eat each other like wild animals. It's a strange thing, but for 10 years, the human solution somehow has endured it all. And here we are, we've come to a place of stasis, and we now have a, a really nice balance of strong men and strong women. Um, and, and now we're starting to get organized, and it's starting to come together and, and, and be what we, I thought, could always be. All right, you guys, we're in lightning round. What's going on right now in New York? Hey, Joe, how's it going? I'm sitting here with uh, Chris Burton and Brianna and Helen. We're having a little bit of a, you know, THSI meeting with a sponsor member and us and uh, talking about stuff, obviously, that we're planning on tackling. That's pretty much it. Hey, how's it going, Excellent. 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 Good to hear it. Uh, yeah, uh, listen, uh, along with almost everything you say, Joe, comes the simple statement that Helen and I, you know, blast out and preach on a daily basis, and it's just be the change you wish to see. If you 
if we want change and we want people to understand and we want people to be comfortable with what we do and we want to be culturally accepted in, in a way so that uh, maybe we can erase some of the stigma, uh, um, we have to live that and we have to be it. Uh, like, uh, we, unfortunately, you know, uh, we're in, we don't live in that utopia at this moment. So the only way to truly get there is just to be it, because if we continually succumb to all of the rules, all of the this, and oh my gosh, act like, you know, good little boys and girls, you know, we'll never get anything, uh, and we'll never get anywhere. And, I, you know, as to what Dolores is saying about, no, there's just as many activists out there, it's just that some of them aren't very active, unless it's a political year, you know. Um, once the elections come and go, everybody forgets. Uh, that the fight's never over, it's never going to stop until the plant is growing outside everybody's front yard freely, and they can use it, they can transport it, they can manufacture it, they can do whatever they want to do with it. It's just like they can do with any other plant that's sitting outside growing in their yard. Um, but in order to get there, again, we have to all continually just live and be that change. If we live it and we're not uncomfortable about it, if we talk about our lives freely, if we talk about CBDs and how they can and how cannabinoid therapy is so much more is so much better. I spoke to a guy the other day at one of these house parties we threw we throw um, you know uh, uh, for Willow Creek Springs, and uh, I, I was thinking to him and just listening to this poor guy that's been on opiates for 15 years, you know, and oh, but I'm not an addict, you know, because I only take yeah, okay, well. Whatever, even an opiate for 15 years, you can't decide whether you're an addict or not. You're an addict. I'm sorry. I hate to burst your bubble, but that look at yourself. You know? So but I said to him, I said, well, how come you're taking more than you took when you started? Did you re-injure yourself? He's like, no, I went in, and they tried this, and that didn't work, and then I had another operation, and that didn't work, and then I had this, and that didn't work, and they switched my medication. And I said, okay, so you keep going back to the same idiot that hasn't got it right yet for 15 years, and you just keep knocking on the door, throwing your money on the thing, taking whatever it is he gives you, and walking on out the door, getting worse. People have to take control of their own health care, man. And they have to take control of That's right. Exactly. Uh, like another thing we always say, uh, you have to start before you stop. You have to start lying to yourself. You have to like, start before you stop. I stop before you start. You have to stop lying to yourself. You have to stop making excuses. You have to stop doing all of these things that are leading you to continue down that same path. At that point in time, and you, and, and you have a bit of penance amongst yourself or whatever, you, then you can grow. Then you can evolve. Then you can come out of this. But whole experience, guys, the better we feel. Like I posted, if anybody knows me, if anybody on here, which I'm sure everybody is, is a friend of mine, go to my wall and look at the George Carlin skit that was put up there from the early 80s, late 70s, early 80s. If he doesn't depict, point out exactly where we are in our go- where we are as far as what our government is, and again, explains they're even a government. It's just people that do what are they're told to do as well. So, and he again says, if you think they're there and they're representing you, you're absolutely out of your mind. They're you know they're there protecting their interests, which is the government, which is their job. We are nothing but peasants and people that work for it. We continually put into it, but yet we never act to get something fair back out of it. 
Now that's what we got to do. Uh, uh, in, in I my opinion. agree with you more. I, I'm all about that, and I, I think that that's, that's part of what we need to do. And, you know, Dolores came up with a good uh, plan. You know, so many times I, I see lately, you know, the protests that come out, and all these people will get out in the streets, and they talk about the problem, but they don't put a solution out. How do we fix it? You know, Dolores came up with a, a plan, and, and if we uh, make these phone calls and we let these people know that there's actually – a solution that could be done, and it has to be done quick. But if it gets done, we'll actually accomplish something. Three percent of people registered funding their I hear you, man. And we do. We got to get together and do this right. I mean, listen, the human solution, everyone. If, if if you guys don't understand, we're all volunteer. Every one of us does this for the passion that that you know uh, we can't help. We can't help but to feel this way. We can't help but to understand that this is unjust, unfair, and no one in on this planet should be in jail for a plant. It's a plant for Christmas sake. Well, that's just what happens with, with the knowledge. Once you have the knowledge, you just can't help it. You just can't help it. It becomes human nature. Girl, Helen. Kind of got I love it. Every once in a while. Okay. <laughs> I love it, and and I absolutely, um, you know, think that that's that's the direction we need to go. Um, well, you guys, I'm I'm uh, was gonna have an hour long show, and I'm now I 20 love. minutes past. So I'm gonna I'm gonna bounce out, and I got Tom Corby to close the show down, and um, I I uh, look forward to talking to you guys tomorrow and starting to seal some of this some of this down. Excellent, brother. Peace, everyone. Thanks right. again for having us on, and we'll talk to you next you week. Love you guys. Appreciate you. Anytime, Bye. guys. All right, Pete, Helen Yapel, and Chris Birdsell, um, you know, just out there doing it. You know, folks, we are nationwide in a stronger way than we've ever been. We have a great East Coast presence. We have an Ohio presence. Um, and now we're right there in the Midwest. We got Kansas standing strong. We got California, North, Central, and South. Um, we got Oregon, uh, and it's just growing. We're about to get some action going on in Florida, and um, you know we got members all over the place, chapters popping back up again, and uh, exciting stuff. All right, here we go. Tom Corby to close the show out a little bit early today, but had a lot going on, and I just gotta get back to work. Tom Corby, welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Joe, Mary, Becca, Lisa, and all the. Great speakers today coming together in prohibition for all our POWs. That's our goal and vision at the Human Solution. I'm here with my my good friend and, and helper Frank Canan, who actually uh, oh, a member of the family. Yeah, Frank. Yeah, how's it going, Also helping Doing great. Help Doing the, great. <laughs> yeah, so he's helping a lot. Uh, I'm doing good, real good with my back. Uh, he's helping me work on my psych, uh, which uh, a lot of us uh, are going through uh, depression and PTSD. Uh, the way the world is today, like even what you were talking about the government, and when we think about this 50 and life without parole for our plan, that's really hard to keep our positive side, but my best 
And by the way, your products are helping a lot. Uh, I'm taking your oils a couple times a day, your rubs. Uh, I want to thank you, Gil, for all those good products. No, we, no, we uh, talk about. Uh, uh, to help you, you're you're uh, my brother, and uh, we got a lot of work to do. I got to get you back up in shape. That's right, Joe. Thank you. Yeah, when, when we talk about a story and we get back to it, you always bring up a how we met at three o'clock in the morning, the cannabis going for Chris Williams uh, <laughs> up in Oregon. And we met at, at uh, Cornucopia's, and uh, yeah, you yeah. told me you came, stayed overnight here. Uh, after I joined the Human Solution, I got connected in court support. Uh, but and back by the way, Joe, I'll tell you back then, when we had court support. It was nothing to have at least two dozen to thirty to fifty people. And I know. Uh, yeah, you had 150 at, at uh, I believe, one of your trials, too. Yeah. So where did all the people go? I want to tell you right here, right now, uh, sometimes it's it's not, Frank and Ann will tell you right here, it's not about so much. Uh, it's nice to have a lot of people in there, but if you just have a, 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 a person or two in there that has a little uh, le- legal uh, savvy, and can help with their support. It helps so much just to have somebody there. And, of course, family is important. Uh, if you remember right, all my course divorce were here in Oroville for Daisy Brown. And then we moved up to Tehama County because she got arrested up there. And that's where I met uh, Curtis Keaton and Lance Stenhouse. Remember their cases? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, Lance and Julie Senhouse stopped by unexpectedly unexpectedly today. Uh, they sent kudos, said hello. Uh, they're doing really good. Uh, Excellent. About, when we talk about cases and, and, and these cases that how out of line they are, uh, both Curtis Keaton and Senhouse were set up on Craigslist by Narcs. And the narcs posted they had recommendations, and they had cannabis for patients. So Eric when Florida, I when I yeah 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 so, so when I met Lance Stenhouse and Curtis, and and when I went outside and asked him, well, how many pounds did you have? We didn't have any pot. We didn't have any paraphernalia. All we had was cash. So they busted him for cash to come up here and buy pot, and uh, went, and, and and that Lexus. Remember the Lexus? They took that Lexus from him. Yeah. They went to trial. Yeah. yeah, they went to trial for that Lexus. And you talk about a, a law enforcement tainted jury. So they found they found him guilty, and they didn't give him the Lexus. Well, Julie took him on pro per with Lance being an attorney. Took, kept them on, took them down to Sacramento, and they drove in in their Lexus today. So they got their Lexus back, too. I just want to let All you right. know that. Awesome. So how do we do that? Same thing. Truth and justice does prevail. And, and when, you, when you come in there, Frank came in there with the truth, with his PD, and he listened to them, and, and they, they listened to you, uh, it does prevail. So... And we always 
take him on to trial. Back then, what did they do? They took they filed their 995 dismissed probable cause motion. They got all their discovery. They worked their own case. Uh, and uh, finally, that's 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 what uh, wins the bacon is take them on to trial, throw everything at them, and uh, uh, today uh, I'm not going to forget the breeze. <laughs> well, you sound a whole okay. lot better than before, there, Tom. I'm really excited that you uh, you're starting to get some steam, some wind in your sails again. That's right. All right, Joe. Thanks, thanks everybody today, and uh, we'll see you all next week. All right. You know what? Actually, not next week. I will not be doing a live show. I'm going to be up in Oregon uh, on business. And I, I don't, I don't think I'll be back in time to do the show. So um, we're gonna skip a week, and we'll be back uh, the week after that. All right, Joe. Thank you very much for everything. All right, everybody. Well, we're gonna cut it a little short. Thank you, Tom, and thank you, Frank, and thank you, everybody who's been part of the show today. Thank you, Dolores, and and Mike, and Sarah, and uh, uh, Pete, and Helen, and Chris, and. And and uh, non-compliant Mary, please get us that video, Mary. I love you, I love you, I love you, but I need that video so I can reveal my plan. Um, thank you, Lisa, and um, we'll see you all in two weeks. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse The Human Solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. You were all